Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, thanks for listening to the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Burke Allen, live from our studios here in Washington, D.C. In the interest of full disclosure, I should tell you that my studio is in my home these days because of the global pandemic. Better safe than sorry. So we've moved the podcast gear here. And the show brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch, SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau. They're doing lots of unique, innovative things to keep speaking events happening now in this uh, new normal that we're all living with. And we wanted to talk with someone today that I've known for, gosh, almost 20 years now. Our old friend, Dr. Will Horton, joins us from Florida to talk about how to turn this forced downtime into something positive. Dr. Horton is a licensed psychologist, a longtime certified alcohol and drug counselor, and also has a a background in hypnosis. And uh, wanted to talk with him about how to adjust to this this new way of doing things. Dr. Will, great to hear from you again and, and to talk with you. Thanks for taking time to be on the show today. Oh, I love it. I love talking about this, and good talking to you. Like you said, it's been about 20 years. Since we first worked together, and and you've written a whole bunch of books, including uh, one that I love called Habits of Success, and so we can all use some success right now when, you know, if if you get sucked into that news cycle, it looks like the world is crashing down around us. So I want to talk to you about that, but but before we do that, are you doing well and, and your family and, and those close to you, everybody coming through this okay? Uh, like you say, you know, like you, we've hunkered down. I do a lot online anyway. I've uh, taken my, uh, doing my coaching and my, if you want to call it therapy stuff, I've been doing that online for several years in my online teaching. And so I, I think one of the interesting things that we're seeing is, is uh, speed up of the evolution of how people do business. And so, you know, it's kind of like I was talking to somebody, it's, and we see this a lot, it's like the people that stand around screaming, I'm never going to use self-checkout at the grocery store or Walmart, you know, and yet it's coming, right? And it's the same with like you and I doing online business and this and that. And it, it's basically adapt or perish, <laughs> Yeah, and it can't be the way you necessarily want to do things or certainly the way you've gotten comfortable doing things. It is the new way of doing things. Um, One of the things that that I see uh, about you online, and I wanted to have you explain it before we dive into the specifics on this pandemic and how to work with it, is neuro-linguistic programming or reprogramming. What is that? Could you define that for our listeners? Well, yeah, it's basically how your brain actually processes information, you know, not necessarily what you think. Oh, Dr. Will, are you there? I think we lost you. We lost you for just a second there with a, you know, and this is one of those things where uh, cell service and online service has been a little spotty in major cities where uh, there's been so much demand on it. So if you would, one more time, uh, if you can define uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, it's, it's how you work, how your brain works, not why, how your brain processes information. Because the operating system is rather simple. Your consciousness is complex, but if you change how it's processing, the computer changes 
and that's really what it is. I always give the quick example of if you think about somebody you really like and you imagine them in your mind's eye, they'll take some kind of spatial arrangement. Maybe they're in front of you. Maybe just you imagine this person you really like. Okay, but then if you now open your eyes, if you're closer, if you can. Now, if you imagine somebody you don't like and notice that it's in a different place in your mind. And what's always fun to do now, if you take that person you don't like and try to move them to the place of the person you like in your mind, most people's brain says no. And Interesting. Uh, that decode that, it's easier to make changes than people think. Dr. Will Horton is our guest today, joining us from uh, the Tampa, Florida area, and he's a certified and licensed psychologist and longtime counselor. We have him on the show today primarily to talk about how to adjust to this new normal, this new way of doing things, and to give us some, some actionable tips to help us all maintain our calm and our composure during this crazy time in our history. And, uh, you know, all across the country, all across the world, everyone is affected in some form or fashion by this this pandemic now the world has been through worse things before we're all uh you know somewhat softer around the middle when it comes to having to change things up but i'm an optimist uh, at my core and i believe we're all going to get through this and i would assume you are too so how do we do it how how do we best adjust to this new normal well, uh, first of all, it's, it, it's true. You know, when you look at something uh, that's rapidly changing, you have to realize it's just the natural evolution of, you know, how our society has grown. You know, you and I can remember probably getting our first cell phones. Sure. Right? They were bags and they were huge and people fought that, right? Now you can't imagine not having it, right? And so... One of the things that's happened, it used to take, you know, generations for change to evolve. Now it happens in literally years, and now we're seeing it in months. And so when a situation's rapidly evolving, uh, one of the best examples, I think, is to think about things like your technology, like your cell phone, that we have to update it. You know, whether you have an iPhone or, a, or, or an Android, you know, you wouldn't still want to be carrying around a bag phone. And yet... You know, some of us resist that change, but then once we get it, we really like it. And that's one way to look at it. So one way to flip it in your mind is to pre-frame it with all these changes going on. You know, how can I use this to my advantage, whether it's, you know, having to hunker down at home rather than just constantly complaining and, and whining about it. How can, what can I change? What can I, how can I leverage this, to use a business term, you know, so I can actually uh, make some uh, changes that that would be good for me. I love that, and and I will tell you, you know, I'm, since I moved the office into my home during this time, and I'm able to spend lots of extra time with with my son, who's a freshman in high school. Schools have been closed here through the end of the academic year. He's going to be studying at home. It gives me an opportunity to spend lots more time with him, and uh, time that I would never have had previously. Um, I want to ask you about something that, that is interesting here in the Washington, D.C. area, and I'm sure it's, it's happening all over the country uh, to some uh, extent, and that is this situation where I see people, Dr. Will, going into stores and, and hoarding, hoarding things like uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer and, and uh, you know, these essential items. What is, as a psychologist, what is the, the psychologist or the, maybe the, the neuro-linguistic programming that causes people to hoard 
things in a crisis? Well, it's, you know, and living in Florida, you know, we we see this probably more than the rest of the country. Some, you know, maybe in the Northeast and parts of the Midwest, you see it when there's a snowstorm coming uh, where the supply chain may actually be down. One of the things the government is trying to stress to people is the supply chain's not broken. You know, it's it, it, the, the trucks are rolling, the, the, the railroads. But why do people hoard? It's because in this rapidly changing time, it's making people realize how much of their life is actually outside of your control. And when we lose control in one area, we try to seize it in other areas. And one of the ways you could do it is to begin to, like, over-hoard certain things, like toilet paper, like, uh, you know, like someone was buying six – they were showing them they, had, they were buying, like, six gallons of milk. And someone said, well, how many people are in your family? And they said four. It's like, well – are you going to drink six gallons, you know, before the – but it makes sense because that was – they felt like they had some kind of control. Now, one of the interesting things – I kind of make fun of clinical psychology, but one of the interesting things is true. When you bring this unconscious desire conscious, as we would say, then you look at it and go, well, it changes the power of it, right? It's kind of like how – you know, you, you see this happen with parents, you and I, and that when you're, you know, as your kids hit that age where they start getting that freedom, where they start pushing back, where they start challenging boundaries, which we, which we know is normal. That's what kids do in adolescence. How many parents try to clamp down super hard, which, of course, pushes the kids farther away? It's the same kind of dynamic in your brain. So when you see people hoarding, uh, you have to understand it's the fact that they feel so out of control. This is the one thing... They feel they can control. And I, I tell this story because we were talking about it. Somebody says, yeah, but you, you really should really, really, really stock up. Weeks ago, right before they really shut everything down, uh, my wife and I went to the rodeo. We go to the rodeo every year. She goes every day. I go two or three days because we have horses and we love that, right? And the guy running the rodeo made the comment about people hoarding toilet paper. And he goes, you know, if you imagine – when the wagon trains were rolling out west from the east, they didn't take two extra wagons full of toilet paper, right? And yet people <laughs> survived quite well, you know? And if you've ever, you know, and, and I'm like, that was a beautiful reframe. It's like, well, yeah. And he goes, you know, and like, you know, a lot of the guys in the rodeo are true cowboys out west. And one of the guys said, well, yeah, when they're, when they're doing a, a, a cattle drive and they still do those, you only have what you carry on the back of a horse, you know, and people survive, survive just fine. But again, it's that it's the illusion of control. And that's what's really starting to shatter now. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Dr. Will Horton. He's in Florida. He's a licensed psychologist and a longtime alcohol drug counselor, author of a whole bunch of books, including Habits of Success. We're getting behind the psychology of hoarding and other things that are happening during this global pandemic. If you'd like to be a part of the show, our number is 516-418-5635, 516-418-5635, anywhere in the nation. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we do have a chat room here at blogtalkradio.com slash WAMS, where we're taking your questions and comments as well for Dr. Will Horton. Today's show brought to you in part by our friends at Speaker Match and speakermatch.com. If you're a speaker or if you need a speaker, you're a meeting planner and you want to uh, look at what's out there, there are thousands of speakers on the Speaker Match platform, and they can speak to your group virtually as well, which is one of the things that lots of folks are doing now, uh, Dr. Will, 
is transitioning the way they do business online. You mentioned earlier that you had done that, uh, which I find fascinating. So you're telling me that you do some of the neuro-linguistic programming and and, uh, psychology work online. What caused you to change over? Because it's been going on, you said, for several years before this happened, before the rest of us began to catch up. Well, a couple of things is it seems like 90% of my like coaching clients and the people I work with are hypnotists and therapists because I train hypnotists and therapists. And so, you know, they're literally all over the world. And, yes, people would jump on an airplane and fly down here and spend time with me. But obviously that is, you know, time and, and uh, uh, prohibitive at times. So I started doing it online. And it really sped up a couple years ago when I created an online addiction treatment program. And the reason I did that is people were reaching out for help that literally, for several reasons, could not take that 21 or 28-day off to go to treatment, alcohol or drug treatment, uh, because you're in the D.C. area. And there's a lot of people that work in sensitive positions, uh, like if they have a security clearance, if they went into drug and alcohol treatment, you know, we tell people to get help, but it probably wouldn't do well for your career if sure. you, you know, so people wanted help, but they didn't want to go away or small business owners. And really what bit my heart were people were reaching out that were single parents, you know, m- mostly women, but there was a couple guys. They're like, I need to get some help, but I'm, I'm the caregiver. I work and I also have two kids. If I go away to treatment, what's going to happen to my kids? And not everybody has an extended family, and the people that were reaching out, you know, it kind of tugged at my heart because they're like, you know, if I go to treatment, the kids are going to go into foster care. And, uh, you know, and I've worked in that system, and once once someone gets swallowed into that system, it, it, it's heartbreaking. So I started offering some o- online counseling for alcohol and drugs, and we developed an online addiction treatment program. Uh, and that's, that's kind of – it was out of necessity – because people needed to get the help that couldn't get it, and it really made me learn a lot. And and there's a couple of platforms uh, that that therapists use that is um, um, kind of interesting. One is called Zoom. I know you're familiar with it, and sure. it's HIPAA compliant. Which, if you're a therapist and you're really doing that, and in fact, and I'll shut up with I, I babble on sometimes. Uh, the Florida Psych Association and some of the states, I'm, I'm licensed in Florida and California, uh, they kind of, uh, they were kind of pushing back against doing, you know, tele-mental health, like doing some kind of therapy via Zoom or mental health. Well, because of this shutdown, they've had to amend the rules so people can do tele-mental health or telemedicine. And as one guy said uh, on one of the chat groups I was in for psychologists, he said, well, and they could think that as soon as this over, they're going to roll it back. But to use my uh, rodeo analogy, once the horse is out of that barn, it's tough to get that thing back in there. Sure. Well, that uh, makes perfect so, sense. You know, and people are falling in love with it. Even some of the people, I've, I'm just doing a class on how to take your therapy online. And people are going, I kind of like this. You know, I don't have to drive like where you live. Uh you know, which is up by where my daughter lives, and and she actually works. She's worked for home for over a year, and she goes, it was great because you know it it her thirty minute commute some days, as you well know, in the D.C. area, could take you an hour and a half. That's right, Doctor Will um, Horton is you know, our you guest get, today, and 
he, he's uh, he's doing all this stuff online and has been for years. Um, and now he's talking with us about how we may be able to turn this forced downtime into something positive and, and bring some of, of our work online and, and into the home without it being an additional stressor. Our number, 516-418-5635, 516-418-5635. Dr. Will Horton and I have known each other for almost 20 years, and and one of the things that I've often thought about reaching out to you about and and have not is your work in drug and alcohol counseling. I grew up in Appalachia, in the coalfields of West Virginia, a state that's just been decimated by the opioid epidemic. And something I haven't heard a lot about that you may have some at least anecdotal information on is folks that, that struggle with addiction and now something like this is on top of it. Does that added stressor seem to make uh, those addiction issues worse? Or, or what happens to the addict during a time of, of global crisis like this? That's a great question because uh, if you think about it, one of the things that shut down is churches. A lot of churches have shut the doors. And right. the, the whole self-help world and Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous – um, you know, Opioids Anonymous, there's several of the anonymous groups, the 12-step world, they usually meet in things like churches or civic buildings that are now shut. So where are the people going to get help, right? And we all know, like you said, Appalachia, uh, when you look at the opioid epidemic, um, it, it actually followed kind of what we're talking about here, which is the lack of control. You know, people that grew up in Appalachia, your generation, my generation, you know, when they were coming out of high school, you know, their dads went to work in the coal mines or the steel mills and things like that. Well, those jobs were rapidly disappearing, and there was no future. Those jobs, as much as I don't care what anybody says, we're bringing them back. No, it, it, it has to do with automation, and so those jobs weren't there. And so then people were taking painkillers, opioids, because they were in pain. They were in physical pain. They, they, they couldn't, you know, supply the life that they wanted to have. And so that's that's why you see the opioid epidemic exploded in like Appalachia, parts of the Midwest, Gary, Indiana, those kind of areas, the parts around Detroit where the auto plants were changing. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing it's the same process, if you will, of, of why, you know, people do things to try to ease the pain. And in that case, it was take opioids. And right now people are taking toilet paper or milk or they're, they're hoarding, you know, four-year supply of pasta, and so it's the same process. And so, yeah, right now I know there's a movement afoot, uh, uh, and I'm seeing it uh, because I'm active in a 12-step program. Some of the meetings are, are being held outside, like in the church parking lots. Thank God I live in Florida. It's beautiful to do that. But even up north, some of my friends have said, you know, they're still meeting in the parking lot, right? And the restaurants are closed, so they can't even meet in restaurants. So but it's that social connection because one of the things about an addiction is it socially isolates you. You know, you're, you're isolated with the drugs or the alcohol. And of course, right now we're under social isolation, which that's, you know, can be scary. And so that's, and I know they're starting to do online AA meetings or online recovery groups. And, you know, and I've been running the, uh, I call it uh, AA Solved, you know, alladictionsolved.com. I've been doing that for a couple years where it's ba- all of that's online, and I'm going to soon add uh, online meetings to it. That's uh, something that I think a lot of people probably had not thought about is where do those folks go for that 
interpersonal interaction to, to help them kick the habit or keep the habit back. Dr. Will Horton is an addiction specialist, a licensed psychologist, certified alcohol and drug counselor. We wanted to bring him on the show today to talk about the changing world and how to get through it in this global pandemic. A question from our chat room here. Christy wants to know if you have any tips. Uh, she has a different kind of addiction that I think a lot of people are going to struggle with, how to avoid gaining weight in times of stress and being homebound like this. Uh, I, I'm not sure if, if your your uh, hypnosis work gets into weight loss or weight uh, maintenance, but I want to throw that question out there from one of our listeners, and thanks for writing in. Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, food is, is one of the last socially acceptable addictions. Um, uh, and in times of stress, people eat. And this is in one of the things you have to be aware of is that's in your DNA. That's in your genetic code for, because for most of millennia, people starve to death. You know, only right. up to a couple hundred years ago, people literally, you know, 25, 30% of the population starve to death every year. So it's in your DNA to eat a lot of food when you can get it. And, of course, when you're under stress, it burns up certain chemicals in your body and, the, uh, you know, the cortisol and some of those things make you want to eat. And so, first of all, you have to be aware of that. Secondly is one of the best things, and it's hard to do, so you kind of have to force yourself at the beginning like any habit, which is uh, follow the same schedule as much as possible if you're working from home as you do if you're working in your office. Right. So, uh, you know, even, you, you know, so you and, and one of the most important things I read that some guy, uh, another psychologist in his research said one of the most important things he's stressing to people transitioning to working from home is having a clear stop time. Right. Don't take it in. Don't take a long break in the middle of the day and then do your work at night. That'll that'll cause you to overeat. Um, and. You know, make sure you have your regular meals, just like if you're at work, if your lunch hour is at noon. Try to keep that as as standard as you can while you're transitioning to to a new schedule. I think that's a great uh, great idea. I thought when, when all this first happened, uh, for me personally, you know, the 10, 12 days ago, that uh, this would be great. I'll be able to lounge around and look like the big Lebowski in my bathrobe and <laughs> shorts all day. But I found very quickly that what works best for me, Will, is to to keep a very similar routine to the office. So I set the alarm clock. I, I get dressed, uh, maybe not in suit and tie, but I do get dressed for work. And I make up the bed every day. And, and I, I find that those routines and keeping that schedule has helped keep me uh, on track. Dr. Will Horton is our guest today. He's a psychologist who uh, is also a certified alcohol and drug counselor, also does some hypnosis work help people uh, get through these mental blocks in the time we have remaining i wonder if you could share with me maybe uh two or three of your top tips to stay uh positive at home because everyone is feeling to some level uh a sense of anxiety whether it's uh, you know a a health anxiety am i going to get sick are my friends and family and loved ones going to get sick or it's an economic anxiety as Frankly, uh, you know, not to sugarcoat it, but also not to put people in a panic. The economy's crashing all around us. So could, could you share with us a couple of your top tips to, to sort of stave off that anxiety, whether it's economic or, or health-based? Yeah. Well, the, probably one of the most important things is to um, ration your news exposure is, is what they're calling it, right? Right. To isolate yep. your news exposure. Maybe check it in the morning, check it in the day, because – 
Kind of like here in Florida, we learned a lesson. The people that freak out about the hurricane are the ones that will not turn off the weather channel, right? Because they'll be watching the weather channel and they'll go, oh, here's Hurricane Katrina, here's Hurricane Andrew, all this horrible damage. So people will catastrophize everything that could possibly happen. And that's what you know the news media is doing to it. Just be aware of it. It's not that you have to be um, isolated, but just rationalize, ration your news exposure so you're taking it in small chunks. Uh, as you already stressed, which you found so important, which is to try to maintain some kind of schedule as close to your normal schedule. Like if you if you worked eight to five, basically work eight to five. You know, even if it's at your office, um, make sure that you get some kind of exercise and uh, sun. Go outside. People are confusing isolation with you know hunkering down in their house when in fact, you know, it, it, on the upside, we're seeing people take walks walk their dog, uh, and get outside and get some sunshine. Uh, and, sec- and lastly, um, realize how blessed we are, even in this horrible situation, because as, as we're isolated down and locked in our house, if this would have been even 25 years ago, the only thing you would have to probably read are the books on your shelf, because the Internet 25 years ago wasn't what it is now, as we all know. Uh, That's right. So we have more information at our fingertips, things to do, videos to watch. And why not, lastly, make a list of three things that you kept saying you were going to try to improve, whether it's taking online class. Well, all these places now are offering free online trainings, trying to keep people, you know, their brains engaged, and maybe do some things you haven't done. I personally am using this time to try to get back into doing some Taibo, if you will, right? I tore my Achilles about five months ago, so I got away from the martial arts. I was still working out, but I wasn't doing that kind of training. So I'm making an effort to every day, like I used to go to the gym while the gym's closed, I'm doing Taibo in the one room, and I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to get back into it. So you use this time to do some self-development that you said you were always going to do. And those are some of the best things. And just realize that you're not in this alone. Everybody's going through it from your, uh, you know, from the guy that runs your restaurants and the, uh, to your uh, health care providers. Everybody's under stress. And so the best thing you can do is just realize that and accept it. And that change is inevitable. I love your thoughts. Uh, I love what you said about the media. And look, I'm a media guy, but you can clearly overdo that. And remember, the folks that program television stations program TV so that you will watch more TV. That's their job. That's what they do. So limit your exposure. Check in a couple of times a day and and don't obsess over it. Uh, Will, I love talking to you. You're my buddy. I think your information is incredible for folks that have, have gotten something out of this. And they want to find out more about you, maybe they know someone that, that needs uh, alcohol and drug counseling uh, online. Maybe they need help with, with overeating, stress eating at a time like this. How can folks get in touch with you? Well, the easiest way is go to my one website. It's nfnlp.com. Nfnlp.com stands for National Federation of Neurolinguistic uh, Programming.com. Uh, and my contact information is there. Uh, and the other thing is my online addiction program is just called AA Solved, A-A-S-O-L-V-E-D.com. And that's a totally online compartmentalized addiction treatment program that people have used for alcohol, drugs, food, uh, gambling, porn. That, that's another thing that uh, uh, 
addiction is really exploding with people being stuck at home is, you know, porn addiction. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, so and so I think and just to realize those people that stay cognizant and focused during this time will it's kind of like the people that went through World War Two. My dad, your dad, that generation that lived through World War Two. Yeah. My dad would talk about how you had to stay on your toes because things would change rapidly. And boy, they sure have. I want to make sure that our listeners get those websites in case they do want to reach out to you. I wrote down nfnlp.com. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And aasolved.com. Yes, sir. Those All right. I can still listen. I may have lost some of my uh, uh, agile faculties, but that I can still do. Dr. Will Horton has been our guest today from Florida. He is a licensed psychologist, certified alcohol drug counselor, master hypnotist, and my buddy. Thank you for taking time to do this. I know there's lots happening in your world today, and I appreciate you carving out the time. Thank you. Godspeed. You as well. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and however you're doing it in this new world order, stay safe. Hope the ones you love here. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.